Okay, I fixed it so that way uh, it's a valid card now. Uh, this is episode seventy. Nice. Uh, the la- nope. Okay. <laughs> uh, the last episode. The last this time I'm gonna do fucking that. sucks. Uh, last episode was Talisman Coffee. We talked about gentrification. We talked about shithead donuts. Talked about passive aggressive communication, which was the thumbs up thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just talked about it again. <laughs> right? yeah. uh, talked about AP Style Guide and uh, nostalgia for personality. Oh, I want to apologize. Apparently, I had the what did I say the MLS. Uh, uh, style guide. Yeah, you weren't using a, a, the AP. Yeah, I, I, I went and I found one. a photo of it. You fool. It was the MLS. That's okay. Um, there are many style guides. Just a different time back then. Different times. Yeah. But this is episode 70, so this is different from the last Man, one. Man, I can't believe we just did Talisman last episode. Yeah, and guess what? We went back. We went back, baby. Speaking of, yeah. good morning, Gus. Hey, <laughs> is it morning? Yeah, it is still. Court, yeah, somewhere, uh, right? <laughs> Yeah, we uh we, we went back there. We we'll, we'll talk about that at length later, I guess. But we got a uh, got a little bit of uh, barbecue. Checked out the yeah, bar- BBQ side. Of it's called Mum Foods, Mum Foods Smokehouse and Delicatessen, which is you know it's a, a bit of a left turn for us. We are a coffee and occasionally burger podcast, so we're branching out into new territory. Well, if you think about it, a, a little bit burger is a sandwich, and I had a barbecue sandwich. As did I. So by the transitive property, it's still okay. <laughs> and a burger is beef. And I had a beef brisket I had beef, sandwich. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think we have to do the transitive property for our own podcast. There was mustard it- on there too. <laughs> <laughs> was, I had onions on mine, which is also and pickles, which are popular. Uh huh. <laughs> for a hamburger. Yeah, Jeff had all my pickles, so he had a very pickled sandwich. I had to end up having to take a few off. I like pickles, but that was a lot of pickles. That was a lot. Those were and those look like. Fresh ass pickles. Yeah, yeah it's, those are there. restaurant pickles. Yeah. Like, yeah. You could put 50 Vlasic uh, <laughs> dill chips from my fridge on it, would be fine, but restaurant pickles are a, a whole different it's breed. Intense. Yeah, they're a little more intense. Uh, so here we are, 2024, January. Is this your first recording of 2024? Is this my first? Yes, it is. I'm doing another one right after this in the same room. Uh, <laughs> but um, th- 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 that's important. I want to set the date because w- this is like kind of an we're approaching an anniversary milestone. It was January 1999 that you and I met for the first time. So we're approaching 25 years of having known each other like next week or the week Why after. Why do you say it like that? What do you mean? I'm just trying I to would have friend. said we're approaching 25 years of being friends. Yes. Yeah. Listen, I don't wonderful <laughs> friends. I don't know anybody that's not my friend. Huh? You heard me. <laughs> I don't believe that. We were approaching 25. Well, we we, bo- were, we, we know, I know tons of people you, I know we, you don't like. We weren't friends immediately when we met. Pretty close. Pretty close. But Pretty close. It was like a day or two. It was a couple days. All right, let's week. retake it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So this is January, and the reason I bring that up no, God is damn it. 25 years of friendship. You guys were saying you couldn't pick, like we were talking about it at the restaurant, it was trying to find the exact day that it happened, and you were saying it was like the third I week of January? the third week of January. Yeah. I, I want to say it was like the 20th or the 19th. I, that's my re- It's been 25 years, dude. Who the fuck knows? And I, I didn't, we didn't, I don't think we spoke other than saying like hello or yeah. like he helped me with a problem because he was a, you know, a senior level technician. I, I think the first time we spoke was actually at a party that uh, oh, okay. one of the girls or two, two of the girls that lived together through. And uh, I remember when you walked in and I, I I went to this party. I think we talked about well, this. Did, I think we did. I got there like an hour yeah. early, yeah. and it was awkward. Yeah. And so I saw <laughs> Gus, and he was like anybody else to talk to. And I thought he was that tall, Getting skinny, Samoan dude. Party an hour early and like helping to set up is that when you don't know the people. Yeah, that has. That's to feel the move. When I had worked <laughs> with him for two weeks, oh. I just got it wrong in my head. Like yeah. they said, show up at eight. 
and I showed up at eight, but it was really not. I don't know. I I don't know. I remember how I fucked it up. Someone There's, someone got it wrong at your wedding. Somebody too, got speaking it. Speaking of which, I don't know if you know that. No. Someone had someone showed up an hour late. Really? And they, yeah, like can, can I say it? Uh, so okay. Uh, it was like the ceremony had finished, and yeah. then like everyone was kind of like mingling around. You know, we were uh-huh. like in, there's like the area over there where the ceremony was, and mm-hmm. over on the side by the dance floor. So like it was cl- it was crowded over by where the ceremony was. So Esther and I kind of moved out to by the dance floor, and we saw Michael and Lindsay walking up. <laughs> <laughs> and the, Michael like very sheepishly is like, I got the time wrong. <laughs> I forget what time your wedding actually was. He's like, I thought it was seven, but it was actually six. <laughs> He's like, we just realized it on the car on the way here. I had no idea. That's oh, fucking dude. awesome, though. Oh, they, 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 they both seemed really sheepish. Like they were oh, trying, dude. they were trying to sneak in, and I just happened to be standing right there as they, they walked in the entrance. So fucking Michael and Lindsay too. That's fucking man. Hilarious. That's perfect. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's not an uncommon thing to to get. Get times wrong. You're, you're off the hook on that. So 25 years. 25 years. We've been friends. What is that? Is that our silver anniversary? <laughs> what is 25 years? Can you look that up, Eric? Yeah, absolutely. It is... You. How old are you? 45? Uh, 45, yeah. I'm 48. So we've known each other for... We've been friends for more than so half of our lives. Too. You did the exact same thing, but I'm not giving you shit. <laughs> <laughs> we've, been we've been friends for more than half of our lives. Yeah. That's wild. It's it's yeah. It's really crazy. It's crazy to think that when we made our first website together, which would have been Ugly Internet, when I was twenty three and you were twenty one. Just probably tw- my birthday in February, so I probably just was twenty one. Just then. turned twenty one. Sterling silver. Sterling. Right, That's both traditional and modern. I'll have to get you something special. All right. Well, uh, I'll find something. I'll get like a serving platter, Sterling silver <laughs> serving platter, or something. Uh, it's just crazy to think that that moment, like when we're like plotting out ugly internet, that more than half of our lives later, we're still going to be doing shit together. Yeah. Uh, it's been going on for, God, a long ass time. It's crazy how much I think about it a lot. And I, I think I talk about it a lot in a, you know, a few different podcasts. It's like how much the world has changed. You know, I talked about the other couple of weeks ago about how the amazing race has changed so much. Like mm-hmm. when that episode came out, they were, you know, they went to pay phones and that episode came out. After you and I knew each other. Yes. You and I knew each other for a few years before we that. We were living together at that point. Right. So it's just it's crazy how much the world has changed and how much we have to continually uh, try to adapt to it. But uh, yeah, so we, that ugly internet, I'm trying to think what spawned that initial idea. And we know we wanted to make something. I don't know why that's the idea we settled on. Do you remember why? So I, it's interesting that you ask. Uh, I don't know the answer, but I, I actually was just kind of going through this today because I just edited an episode of my solo podcast I do, So All Right, mm-hmm. which is, I was trying to answer, you know, everybody asks us the questions of how you got started at Rooster Teeth, yeah. how did you find your footing, how did you find success, and I feel like we've answered those questions like one million times yeah. in one million different ways in a million different places, and so instead, and I've been getting that question a lot to in email to talk about, so instead I decided to talk about like my life up until the day I started Rooster Teeth, mm-hmm. and the only plan was to just kind of follow the creative path in a way that I've never really sat down and looked at how how my life unfolded, mm-hmm. you know, in that way. And so I, I was kind of figuring it out as I went and just telling stories and like realizing opportunities that I had that I seized. Like I, I didn't, it, it hasn't crossed my mind uh, until last week when I recorded this episode that when I was 19 years old, I was starting zines. Like I started around 17, 18, I started doing zines, punk zines. The first band I ever interviewed when I was 19 years old was Fugazi. Okay. I interviewed Shit. Ian McKay Whoa. at 19 years old, Dude. the very first professional 
non-army interview I'd ever given. And I was thinking to myself, so, I'm 48 uh, 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 years old now. Can I ask you a real quick clarifying yeah. question? So you talked about you know starting these publications, doing these interviews. Was this like internet-based or was this like paper-based stuff? You that was paper-based. Okay, yeah. And, and I, I, I I'm, I'm getting to that. us. Yeah. I'm getting to us. So, uh, well, no, no, just to, like, to get people the perspective. For sure, for sure. It was paper-based. Yeah. This was that. This was that long ago. These were these were print scenes, and that got me thinking. At 48 years old, if you asked me to interview Ian McKay, I wouldn't do it. I'd be too scared. Interesting. I'd be too scared to talk to somebody that I, I have that much respect for who has made such a mark in a world that is important to me. I would be so scared at 48, but at 19, I, I just didn't care. I was fearless. <laughs> well, yeah, I have no perspective. You have no perspective, right? And, and I, I was just kind of following those, those moments through my life up until I just wanted to stop basically at the day I started Rooster Teeth, or we started Rooster Teeth, and... I kind of skipped ugly internet and drug. I ended up stopping at the day I met you because that was the. I realized that was the the moment my life changed. Mm. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass uh, or, or be overly nice to you. I'm just being like as pragmatic and as honest as I can be. But when I look back at my career, the most important moment in my creative journey was becoming your friend because it was the first time in my life I found a creative partner. Well, I think it's it's helpful to have like another voice to bounce ideas off of and to collaborate on things with. And just to find somebody else who's passionate, mm -hmm. you know? It's such a it's such a heavy thing to uh, to handle alone. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's such an overwhelming amount of work to try to f cut your path in a creative way, especially Especially when there there aren't a lot of examples to follow in the in, in the in the paths we were following, mm -hmm. we were blazing, I guess, honestly. Uh, and so, looking back on it now at forty eight, almost fifty, and having perspective, I realize just how important you have been to my life personally because we're very good friends and mm -hmm. we've known each other for forever, long time. You mean so much to me on that level, but I don't know that I'd be anywhere close to where I am in my well, career if, if you and I hadn't made our first website together. Well, it's, it's totally, the, I mean, it's totally a two-way street, right? Like, I mean, it's my turn to blow smoke up your ass. Uh, I think, you know, when I was younger, I definitely had a lot more, you're going to be shocked by this, a lot more of a, like, a rigid, very mathematical approach to things, <laughs> right? Oh, no. <laughs> <And> you? <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the thing that interested me at the time, le leading up to then, was, you know, probably around the same time you were, you know, interviewing Fugazi and talking to them, like that's when I was cutting my teeth, tr learning web stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like 1994, I was like 16. Uh, you know, we always talk about it, always make fun of me, uh, deservedly so. Because like going, going to math camp, right? Yeah. Because uh, that's where, like, the math was fine. That was whatever. But the, the the valuable thing I took away from that camp, and I went there three years, was uh, like all of the computer systems were all like Unix based, mm -hmm. and like I learned about accessing websites. I learned how to make websites. I learned like how to do everything from a command prompt. I was like, oh, this is really interesting and I would help everyone, you know, make a uh, website. So it wasn't necessarily that I was good at generating the content. I was good at figuring out how to deliver the content. Mm -hmm. You aren't giving yourself credit. You wanted to, we didn't know what we were doing at the time and you were definitely a techie guy yeah. and I was a designy guy and there was a good marriage mm -hmm. of skills at the time. Because uh, I had, in tandem to you learning how to make websites, and this is something I talked about in the episode of Soul Right, I, a formative moment for me was in 1996 when I was the press, the one-man press shop at the United States Military Academy Preparatory School in New Jersey. They came to me, my, my boss came to me and said, hey, I, West Point just launched a website. 
uh, I don't know what that is, but I'm told we need to have one. I need you to do it. And I was like, I don't think that's my job. And he's like, it is <laughs> It is as of today. And so I had to call up the webmaster at West Point and say, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I need help. And he was like, figure it out. I'm not helping you. It was a real dick. <laughs> that's not my job. <laughs> yeah. And so I started, I was going to say Googling, but I didn't. I started probably like Magellan or web crawling. And I taught myself how to make websites so that I could, for, I had to. I had to make mm-hmm. the first Use Maps website. And that's that was the moment where I learned, oh, there's so much possibility here. These print zines are fucking stupid. I need to port this to the internet. And I think that's why I had a lot of success early on with record labels giving me... Because I was getting free... I was getting 20 to 30 free albums a month, and I had stringers wow. who were doing reviews for me. I had a little empire yeah, going that's, on, my, that's impressive. on my web zine. Because I think I was one of the first ever in the punk world to do it, at least that I was aware of. Uh, so I was also like... I was coming to you really energized and really excited about the internet and the possibility of making content online. For the first couple of years, we were friends, even even probably into Red versus Blue a little bit. I was still running my zines mm-hmm. and I was still going to emos and interviewing bands yeah. and that whole thing. I started to wean off of that when we started to spin up Ugly Internet and Drunk Gamers. Um, it was a different outlet for all that. It was a different outlet, yeah. yeah. But... Don't sell yourself short because you had ideas. You and I had so many ideas, and you were such an ideas guy. And we, I couldn't have done any of it without well, you. And well, I don't think you could have done it without me. No, absolutely not. And if I can give uh, some crossover promotion here in a, in a weird roundabout way. So I, I, I'd always, you know, growing up, I'd always considered myself, I tried to be a funny person. I, maybe I wasn't, it didn't always succeed, mm. but I, I tried. And I think a lot of that stemmed from, or a lot of like the trying to come up with jokes and trying to, you know, come up with things off the cuff stemmed from playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons when I was like (laughs) in middle school and high school and trying to, you know, roll with the punches and trying to be on top of things, which is why, you know, one of the other projects I do is like Tales from the Stinky Dragon here at Rooster Teeth. And I think that, you know, having that long pedigree, that really helps you train with improv and, uh, you know, trying to make... A joke out of whatever the situation may be in front of you, and I think that that really um, that really helped. You know, that's a really interesting connection you just made that I've never arrived at on my own, but makes total sense because you're right. Role playing games, D and D, whatever it is, Warhammer. It's pure yes and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the essence of yes and. And I, I never made that connection yeah. until you, well, I'm, you just made the connection, honestly. I'm, but. I'm, I'm sure, you know, you know, we're relatively the same age. I'm sure you remember like the satanic panic back in you know, like 80s and 90s. Oh, hell yeah. Everyone was like, D- Dungeons and Dragons is worshiping the devil. And I say it all the time, man. Dungeons and Dragons is just math and improv. You know, that's, <laughs> that's all it is. It's like, it's so nerdy. If like, if, if back then if parents just understood, it's like, it's, it's dudes it's, following it's, rules and arguing right. about who's following rules better than the other dudes. <laughs> and then adding two numbers quickly together in your yeah. head. That's all it fucking is. Um, and I think it's 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 a great vehicle for training your mind to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, D&D obviously grown a huge amount since then. And it's a huge D&D podcast alone are a huge thing on the internet. So I'm happy to see it gaining such wide acceptance. Because when we were when I was young and we were playing, you know. Second edition. We started with first, actually. Uh, but, like, we would lose players. Like, mm-hmm. we had to play in secret. And then if someone's parents found out, like, oh, they don't come oh, anymore. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that was the thing. I, I dealt with that similarly. And not in the sense that my mom particularly gave a shit, but other kids' yeah. parents did. Same, my parents and, didn't care. Like, oh, my, uh, they, they cared, but they thought it was okay. I had a friend who was our DM, and when his parents found out about it, he wasn't allowed to play anymore. And then it died for me. Because wow. he was the one who had all the stuff. And then that they threw it away or whatever. And that was it. That was the end of D&D for me. Probably in sixth grade. 
dude, that's crazy. Yeah, and then I had a friend in high school who got me into it as well. But um, but yeah, it was like the the it was the height. The eighties was the height of satanic panic. I remember hearing about satan. I was too young and and everything, but like hearing about it and everything. But I never considered like I don't know. It just seemed like one of those things that like this was on the news. But I never considered parents actually seeing it and going like, not oh, dude. you. Yeah, right. Dude, one time when I was in the seventh grade, I came downstairs, lived in a townhome in Louisiana, and I came downstairs, and my mom and my dad had my Motley Crue Shout at the Devil album, and they said, I just watched a news report. This is satanic. It's got secret messages in it, and they broke it, and they oh threw it away God. in front of me. That's the only time they ever did anything like that, and I lost my Shout at the Devil album, uh, which was, I wasn't a huge Motley Crue fan, so it wasn't the end of the world for me at that it, point. It wasn't Pray to the Devil. Yeah, but it was like, I'm, but I'm like I guess I can't yeah, shout, at the, shout, shout at, at the Devil. Shout at the Devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Devil. See? He's got to spin it. But yeah, even so even my mom, who was very progressive and very cool when I was growing up, was subject to it a little bit. Wow. I think all parents were. When I was a kid, they would have Smurf burnings at churches. Oh, yeah. That was a huge thing. Smurfs? Yeah, Smurfs were the biggest fucking thing when I was a kid. Have you I never heard Smurfs? I, I vaguely I, collected, I don't remember. I collected Smurfs, uh-huh. but Smurfs didn't wear like shirts and yeah. they were they 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 were like Christian fundamentalists that decided there were some weird sexual undertones, and then there was a wizard. Gargamel was a wizard, and it was satanic. And so they would they would have in my community they would have people come and bring all their Smurf action figures and paraphernalia, and they would make a big bonfire and then throw it all on the fucking bonfire, and then just melt plastic and breathe <laughs> and, those and, fumes uh, and breathe all it in. And, and that shit and come happened. up with new ideas, dude. That shit happened all the time in the nineteen eighties, all the time. I heard about that, like the Smurf stuff or whatever. But like, aren't they against the wizard? Like the wizard's evil. Shout at the devil, Eric. <laughs> are, you, are you trying to breathe some common sense into a bunch of religious It's plastos? a fucking cartoon. <laughs> it's a cartoon with little blue creatures that try to help each other. They live in mushrooms. One of them's a girl and wears a dress. The biggest I'm... problem they have in the world is a mean cat, and all they're trying to do is bring peace and unity to each other. Why yeah. the fuck wouldn't that be a message you would every parent would want their yeah, kids? Yeah, but when I'm burning the plastic and huffing the fumes, I'm starting to I'm starting to like really see the light. Everyone's I mean? looking a little blue. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> in this town. <laughs> so fucking stupid. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. But uh, we uh, we hi Mike. Mike's looking at us. Hey Mike. We're recording Anma. He can't hear us. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's a so you know we so going back on track a little bit. So you know we we had all these things or we we had all this ideas and things that we wanted to do on the internet. I think actually our first thing that we did was uh, we. So when we worked at the call center, which we've talked about many times, we had free access to like Unix servers that were mm-hmm. connected to the internet with high speed, and uh, that's where we hosted Red versus Blue at first. You know, uh, not for long, not for not for very long. <laughs> oh, really? But <laughs> yeah, took the company down. It's where we would host all of our websites because it's like, oh, the servers are in the vault, like yeah. twenty feet that way. You know, we can yeah. connect to them and do everything we need to do and all of our all of our stuff right here for ah, free because we were we were just employees. Mm-hmm. They didn't charge us for for access, which is crazy. Uh, anyway. <laughs> We um, started making websites that way. The, f- the first thing we did was we put that flash animation up, the show me the monkey. Yeah, that you had made? Uh, or made? Well, bleep the name. Okay, yeah. But, yeah we we, we yeah. put up the show me the monkey with the, the flash animation of the, the monkey eating a banana. And then uh, just like, I guess that was kind of like a dry run practice. Mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, from there, we're like, well, let's start actually making content. And then I remember Bernie would go in and edit it and fuck with it. <laughs> you put like a pirate hat on the monkey, <laughs> you know, funny. like an eye patch. That was cute, yeah. Uh, but I think that was like kind of training wheels for figuring out how to make stuff and how to put stuff online. And then I don't know how we decided our first website was going to be making fun of other people's websites. Uh, we were in our early 20s and obnoxious, and we thought we were funnier than we were and more clever than we yeah. were and that we knew more than we did. And to be fair to us, this was before the wild, wild west of the internet. Yeah. This is when it was, it was like, this was a couple steps before that and everybody was rushing to the internet to make their own ugly, disgusting, right. terrible version of a website. And then there were all these companies that would pop up that would give awards for good website yes. design. And that's what pissed us off is these ugly fucking vlogs would have, or e-insights would have like four awards at the bottom that looked like, that looked like somebody made up uh, in about five minutes. Yeah. And it was clear that they had given themselves the award. The, the, for, you know, people might, not remember or might not have been there for this time this time period in the internet but it was like the time of web rings the time oh, fuck. yeah what was the last oh. time you thought about a web ring well, i hadn't thought about web rings since the, there were web rings the, yeah. the time of visible counters on websites yeah. mm -hmm. and the time of those that little under construction animated gif <laughs> uh yeah bitmaps remember like doing like a giant image and like where you, like depending on where your mouse was on the image it would be like different links oh, where you could map out oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah like a it was just an awful the, the the blink tag was still would still work in web browsers a i lot. mean it was just it was just a fucking nightmare but i will say i think maybe it's cuz it was my idea but my, my favorite part of all of that was we would you know tell we would write how bad these websites were then we would email the review to the webmaster, the people who made it. But then I would I would contact the American Registry of Internet Numbers and ask for their IP address to be revoked because they were wasting space on the internet and we were running out of IP addresses. This is fucking great. And so we did that for over a year, every day. <laughs> Pretty much. Right? I mean, it was our we would get off work. It was much like our red versus blue, we'd get off work and then we'd go home and work on ugly we, internet. We We'd get off work and just hammer websites. Yeah. No, we do, dude. them and let them know they fucking suck. I don't say this as someone who's proud of it now. That's like, just what happened. That's looking back on it, like, I'm how? Go with my nine to five. Let's get on my five to nine. <laughs> hey, fucker. Oh, it was the worst. But and it was it was a learning experience. It was a learning experience. People have to learn. You have to you have to learn not to be a shithead sometimes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And I think you that really was do. That my dog right now is biting my sock, my shoes every fucking chance he gets. You have to learn not to bite shoes. We Gus and I had to learn not to bite shoes. But it was like that was kind of our our first experience with like engaging or cultivating a community. Mm -hmm. I remember we had like um um some like uh, a shirt that we would sell. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was like a dude in Oklahoma, I want to say it was, who like took our shirt and ran it up a flagpole and then sent us a picture <laughs> of it. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's fucking cool. You like, don't happen to have that, do you? No. no. Like, there's no, no way. No. No. That's crazy. I remember the dude though. It, it, it was like, this is, it probably wasn't even a digital camera. He probably took a oh, picture, a photo. like a photo, a photo yeah. developed it, then scanned it and sent it to us. But then we, we, in, we ended up, Shuttering ugly internet. One, it was kind of a one-note wonder. Mm -hmm. uh, it was mean-spirited, disguised as comedy 
Although I guess it, I mean, we were trying to be funny, but we were just, I don't think was, we understood the line necessarily, or we were still trying to find it. But also the internet was rapidly changing and websites were not as ugly uh, the year after we started as they were when they started. And we did it. And then we had the death threat, right? Yeah. And then that ended the website for us. We what, pretty much ended ugly internet right that moment. So one thing that I feel like we we often forget to mention when okay. we talk about ugly internet is that, you know, it was never wildly popular. If I'm remembering right, off the top of my head, I want to say we had like 3,000 visitors a day, which is at a, our height, a good amount. We had 3,000 visitors yeah. a day, which back in 1999 was yeah, pretty cool. That's most of the people on the internet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but one time uh, we were actually linked to in a post on Penny Arcade. Yes. Like, you know, they would make their blog posts when they would put comics up. And uh, Tycho mentioned our website uh, at one point. Do you know why he did that? Do you remember why he did that? Because I emailed, I, e- I had a list of websites. This is why I, I took this from my punk world when I would email record labels or send actual physical letters to record labels. I had a list of about 40 websites, video game websites, internet culture websites, and anytime Ugly Internet would put anything up, I would email them and go like, hey, just want to let you guys know, uh, new eps- the new the article just came out on yeah. Ugly Internet, think, think you'd like it. And uh, I th- he must have, I don't remember ex- specifically now, but he must have, because I remember he called us Wrath on Tap. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. Then we put it on a shirt and we sent him. We sent, sent it to him. him yeah. yeah, that's funny. And that's kind of how we became friends with the Penny Arcade guys. And then they linked us again when uh, Drunk Gamers came out, which mm-hmm. wasn't too much later. I think no. we immediately spun Ugly Internet down because we were we were we weren't having fun with it at, at the end right. anymore either. And then uh, and then we were like, "What do we love?" Right? I remember having that conversation. Yeah. We we're like, "What do we love?" We love two things. We love alcohol, and we love video games. So combine them both. It's like peanut butter and chocolate. That's what we did. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But, of course, as I got older, I had to watch out for sugar, empty carbs. Well, Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but high protein and less sugar. They've got a variety pack if you want to try a bunch of different flavors. The four flavors they include in that are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. That's only 140 calories a serving. It's high protein, zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-friendly, grain-free, soy-free. They want me to talk about my favorite flavor. It's hard to pick. I really, I I spent a little bit of time thinking before recording this. It's either peanut butter or cocoa. I'm going to make a call. I'm going to say it here. I think it's peanut butter. Uh, There, I said it. Go try it out for yourself. See if you agree with me. See if you disagree. Head over to magicspoon.com slash anma. Grab a variety pack. Try it today. Be sure to use promo code anma at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash anima. Use code anima to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Also, thank you for making an awesome cereal that I really, really love. Really got to try it. Again, magicspoon.com slash anima. Use code anima at checkout. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses brand that has over 250,000 five-star reviews. They're on a mission to match affordability with durability, making top quality shades accessible to everyone. They have tons of styles and colors to pick from, so finding their perfect pair of polarized shades is a breeze. If you're looking for an upgrade, they recommend their premium color rush lenses crafted with rare earth materials. These lenses bring high impact color to life, elevating reds, blues, and greens. If you're big into gaming, uh, you already stare at screens all day. They've also got blue light glasses to level up your gaming style and reduce eye strain. They really are great glasses. Can't say enough about them. Uh, And they're super affordable. I mean, 
I, I, they're really fantastic. They're easy to throw in my bag. I take them with me everywhere I go, uh, whether it's just going to the office here around town or going on a trip somewhere. Uh, it's like a no-burner to take them with me because they always come in handy. They work really fantastic. If your shades go MIA or take a hit, don't sweat it. They've got lost and broken protection, so you're covered from day one. If you don't love your shades, you can exchange or return them for free within 30 days. There's literally no risk when you shop. So just for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out their best deal. Head to ShadyRays.com. Use code ANMA for 35% off polarized sunglasses and snow goggles. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume. And they look at the problem in a different way. Not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and make replacing your bad habit easy. Your Fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial that is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. You got to try the new Solano Fume. It's made with premium walnut barrel, an onyx-coated mouthpiece, and has a slightly softer finish. Right now is the best time to start the good habit with Fume. All orders between January 1st to the 14th have buy one, get one core, so you can stock up for that New Year's resolution. Plus, as a listener of this show, you get an extra 10% off when you use code ANMA. So head over to tryfume.com slash ANMA, use code ANMA for an additional 10% off, plus buy one, get one cores until January 14th to help make starting the good habit that much easier. And, and I feel like that really, when, when we did the, the Drunk Gamers launch, that really was, you know, we talked about this earlier, like the overlap of our two skill sets. Because mm. I think you made a phenomenal design for oh, the Drunk Gamers you. website. Like, I, 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 it, it, I thought it looked really good at the time, and I was, like, so impressed with it. And then... Bernie used to shit on all of No, them. it was great. I loved it. It looked like the, all the Donkey Kong stuff for all the I layout. love the Donkey Kong stuff. It was Kong such a great stuff. idea. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so then you made this beautiful website, so then... I had to figure out how to make it into like a content management system yeah, yeah, yeah. where I was like, okay, we've got this beautiful design. How do we actually post to yeah, it, and, update it and automate <laughs> it so that it's not, we don't have to rewrite the fucking entire website every time we do it. Then we use, you know, I mentioned it before we used movable type for that to kind of like automate everything and categorize everything. And it's wild to me that, you know, these things were such a struggle back then. And I probably said this last time, you know, whenever we talk about it, but it's like now there's services that you can just pay and it's like all drag and drop and it's yeah. all so much easier when it was such a you fucking hassle back dude, then. Dude, no kidding. You know what the easiest thing in the world to do is in 2024? Sell a t-shirt on the internet. You know what the hardest thing in the world to do was in 2000? Sell a fucking t-shirt on the internet. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. God damn. It was, it was all the tools that exist today were theories in 1999 and 2000. Mm -hmm. And we had to wait for the technology well, to catch up to our, our, dreams and desires. So one of the things we always talk about is like the march of technology and how things have changed over our life and specific, you know specifically we always we, we tend to focus on the internet. Mm. And you know the 25 years we've known each other. But in the course of my life, I've watched credit card transactions move from the the the, the chunk chunk oh, machine yeah. where you would like make a, an emboss of the card to now, you know, virtualized uh token credit cards on your phone or Apple Pay, like Apple Pay and all of that Dude, stuff. Dude, I still remember when fast food restaurants started taking credit cards. I was an adult. I was 20 years old when I used a credit card to buy Burger King in San Antonio and it, I thought it was the, I was like, where the, I'm in the fucking future. Mm -hmm. The I saw, fucking future. I saw a video about that. Uh, somebody had uh, found a news report 
from when Burger King started taking credit cards yeah. and interviewing people at Burger King. And it's a lot of people going, I just think you must be in a really sad state if you got to buy a hamburger <laughs> on a credit card. I was. I was in the Army. That's right. <laughs> but that's crazy. Like, that's not... That, like, they didn't take cards. Yeah. Technology <laughs> like that, especially with, like, money stuff, is so recent, not even in terms of, like, our lifetime, but in terms of money. Yeah. Like, we moved away from hard currency to this other thing in the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. That's insane. That's nuts. And yeah. it's... It's everywhere you look, right? Yes. We, we, I was, we were talking about this earlier because I just did another solo ride on that, but on this, but I was looking at the history of VHS. VHS launched in 1976 and it died in 2006. I had it in my head that VHS would always exist because it existed since I was born. Right. You know, and then you watch a technology peak and then die in your lifetime and then be replaced by another technology that then is replaced by yet another technology. Even quicker. Even much quicker. You know, it's, it's crazy how much things have changed. Yeah. Just insane how quickly things have changed. I don't know if you remember those initial credit card terminals. You had to run like a phone line to each of them. Yeah. And yeah. like you would swipe your card and the fucking terminal would make a phone call <laughs> to <laughs> authorize your card. And it took fucking forever. Anyway. anyway. It took fucking forever. Um, and yeah, now it's just so fast. Like you've got the internet in your pocket at all times. I can. I, I don't even need to pull my credit card out. I can buy shit. If I can't tap my wallet on a, a, a on a what do you call it? Like, like a terminal? Yeah. Terminal, yeah. If I can't tap my wallet on a terminal and pay, I get huffy. I get like, a, I'm, a, I'm a pissy little bitch. I'm like, <laughs> stupid thing. I'm like, I gotta stick it in now? What, is, what year is this? You know what's the worst? I fucking hate the HEB terminals because you can't tap. Uh, you can't yeah. tap at HEB. They're, they're so, I, I don't know what the problem is. Anytime I do, try sticklers. to do a chip with my, uh, to pay at HEB, it doesn't work. It's like, bad Me chip read, bad too. chip read, bad and, chip read, yep. swipe. And. Like, fuck, just yep. fucking get the tap. And those terminals are all pretty new. They replaced them last they are, year. Those yeah. are new. They chose... Those are like post-COVID. We're not getting rid of yeah. those terminals. Yeah, yeah those are post-COVID terminals. We're not getting rid of those for a while. Yep. HEB is going to fuck us on the on the tap for at least another two years. And on the insert and the chip. Yeah, it doesn't the work. It, it's so funny. That's maybe my only complaint about HEB. <laughs> like, as a grocery <laughs> store, sucks. it's great. I can get all the stuff that I need. I think it's I think it's a great grocery store. And then I go to pay, and every time I leave... Upset <laughs> because I just go. It didn't. All right, hang on. I, hang on. Fuck. All right, hang on. That being said, it really is the best grocery. It store. is a great yep. grocery store, but man, what a, what a negative note to end every trip every on. single yeah. trip, yeah. every trip. I agree. Man. Uh, but and, all right. Anyway, anyway, I don't want to get into the the the, the grocery store uh, <laughs> uh, episode or anything. Were you going somewhere else with technology though? Uh, no, no, no. I'm just talking about like how primitive. To, uh, payment acceptance was yeah. at the start, like from the chunk chunk, which most of our listeners might not have even ever seen in their life, no. to now just you know, like I said, virtualized credit cards, virtualized numbers, and um, you know, tap payment systems, and not having to pull your wallet out at all. Um, I remember some of my early experiences with the internet. Similarly, you know, like I said, I went to a math camp, and you know, we're using these Unix servers and. It was amazing to me to always be connected to the internet, right? It wasn't like I'm going to log on to the internet. It wasn't like AOL, like I'm going to dial up. It's like this computer is always on the internet. And that was wild to me. It's like this isn't, you know, a mainframe. Like, thinking back there, like this isn't a mainframe. This is just a an Apple terminal I can sit at. I can sit and, 
you know, do whatever shit I want. I, I actually learned how to use Premiere on that computer. And then if I wanted to, I, I'm on the internet. Like I can launch NCSA Mosaic and, you know, load a website really shittily uh, to now. And then you're like going home, not having that and be like, okay, fine. I'm at home. I have to dial up. Uh, then you connect into this closed ecosystem that isn't really connected to everything. Then you gradually, like the web kind of seeps into everywhere. And now, you know, you care. I carry my phone and my watch. I, I've got things that are just online all the time. And if I don't have the internet for like five minutes, I'm like, what the fuck do I do? I know. It, it like, I, I, it's like a common joke on the internet, right? Like back in the old days, you know, you'd go to the bathroom and you're know, taking a shit. You like read a shampoo bottle or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now it's like, I'm going to, I have access to the entire knowledge of human history and the entire knowledge of the world at my fingertips. Uh, but I'm going to watch a cat smell a foot. I watched a cat eat a rotisserie <laughs> chicken live on TikTok the other day. He just was eating. It was a rotisserie chicken on the ground, and it was a live TikTok of a cat eating a, a whole rotisserie chicken. It was awesome. It was so cap That and hamster rave, so captivating. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just everything. And, and we, we, I think we, we talked about this back in the day, you know, in the Drunk Gamers days. In the ugly internet days, trying to draw that line out and figure out, like, you know, we, at the time we were working at the call center, it was all dial-up tech support, but, you know, always on, high-speed internet was starting to roll out, cable modems were, like, a brand new thing in Austin. At the, I would say the last two years we were there, we started to do support for some yeah. cable modems what, and for what some always-on connections. This what, is... I want to say, well, in Austin, cable modems, I think, started rolling out, like, in 99 mm -hmm. or 2000. Like, it was in test markets. I think I mentioned this before. You had to go to a class before they would give you oh, yeah, that's right. uh, the cable modem. So, uh, we started Rooster Teeth in 2003. Yeah. I So, I would have, I probably quit Telenetwork in 2004. Okay. I think. I worked there from 98 to 2000. Okay. Uh, I left in 2000 to go work at the other corporate job. And then you came back. And then I came back, uh, oh, two, end of oh, two for yeah. a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I remember you and I would sit there and draw things out because that, hi, Shane, you can come in. Come in. You come in. No, he's just staring at me creepily. Um, you, we tried to draw the line out to see, imagine what the world would be like and what the internet would be like. Cause I remember, you know, we would talk about cell phones because, you know, even like cell phones were like a br relatively brand new thing. I think I got my first cell phone in 98 or 99. That's when they really started becoming affordable mm -hmm. and you know accessible to anyone i had a really low-paying tech support job and i had a cell I, I could afford a cell phone finally at that point and trying to think about what always on connectivity was i remember we would always read about like coming future 3g technologies that they were mm -hmm. testing in japan that was to be like it's gonna be so fast you'll always be connected to the internet and now it's funny to look at and be like man 3g that's so fucking old yep. yeah I, I would be miserable if i had a 3g connection on my phone right now do you remember we is you were pretty into anime back in the day so i would watch it with you uh, and there was one of the shows that you got that you were into that grabbed me that I really liked as well was Lane the Serial Experiments. Serial Experiments Lane, yeah. Serial Experiments. Serial Experiments. God damn it. Serial Experiments Lane. Uh, I had it backwards. And it was like near future. Yeah. Very near future, like 10 years in the future. But they had these things called navvies mm -hmm. that were iPhones. And Gus and I would just watch her play with her navvy and be like, can you fucking imagine a world where we could play video games and take calls and do all this other shit just from our phone in our pocket? And then it was 10 years later. Yeah, then it's like, oh, it exists now. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. This is uh, definitely the old man yells at technology episode of the podcast. I don't think we yell at that. I, I think, think, no, I, I, think the, I think it's really appreciating, like, again, the, it's the march it's of come. technology. Yeah. Do you remember when we would do conventions and you're talking about like 3G technology and everything and you would be inside the convention center and you're 
reception would be so fucking bad that you'd have to go on like the edge network yeah, yeah. disable 3g on your Dude, phone yeah like that i just remember like rocco teaching me like oh you have to go and like disable this thing because everyone's on that and if you're on, not on like the 3g band you'll be able to get reception and it's like that's or insane you, or you could pay twelve hundred dollars for a fucking ethernet drop to Dude. your booth yeah. the crazy the worst about that stuff was always well at those at that time was always San Diego Comic Con because people would pay for that drop and then they would set up a Wi Fi access point mm -hmm. and there were so many people with so many different Wi Fi's that nobody's Wi Fi worked it was like yeah. everybody's signals overlapped with each other everyone's on the same channel it'd be like fuck I am standing right next to my Wi Fi base station and I can't get anything to work yep. what a pain in the ass. Anyway, now we're in the future. It's not a problem. Yep. <laughs> now we're in the future, and it's not a problem. Uh, we are. We're getting low on time, not just on the episode, but Gus has uh, better things to do, like stinky dragon, oh, yeah, stinky stinkyary or something. Yeah, happy stinkyary, burble gerble, everyone. Uh, yeah, we're doing a um, like a, a drive for first memberships for Tales from the Stinky Dragon. You can get more information at stinkydragonpod.com. Basically, we have a bunch of goals. I think that Tales from the Stinky Dragon is very quietly one of the biggest shows we Rooster Teeth has ever made. Easily. And we don't trumpet it enough. And, uh, you know, we're really trying to, to focus that and talk about it a lot this January, which we've dubbed Stinkuary. Uh, if you've never listened to it, you should give it a try. All eight, we, we make, you know, we do the D&D podcast. You don't need to know anything about Dungeons & Dragons to listen to it. It's really just, like I said, it's an improv podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really a lot of fun. It's family friendly. And uh, we have all eight puppet videos for Stinky Dragon Adventures are out now, available for free on roosterteeth.com. Just go... You don't have to pay. You can go watch it. Anyway, um, we're doing like a big drive for first memberships this month, um, and we're giving away. We're not giving. We're selling uh, like autograph posters, special merch, um, video, audio messages from characters and from the crew. Uh, it's really important to us to help support this show, which is so big. It's it's such a pillar for us, uh, and we just we want it to reach more people. We want it to reach as many people as possible. I want it to be hands down. The biggest thing we've ever made, and that everyone um, thinks of immediately when they uh, when they think of us. Can I say two things about that? Yeah. One, uh, I think I've probably intimated this to you in the past, but again, kudos for cracking the code on the D and D format because we have tried multiple times. Yeah. We've I personally have run three different D&D shows, I think, through my time in, in Rooster Teeth. And each one is iteratively better than the last, and we're, we're, we, we, we got closer and closer, but you guys finally figured it out and made what I think is the perfect D&D &D podcast. You, just, you figured out the tone, you figured out the voice, you figured out the length, you figured out like the right amount of silly versus serious and paying attention, which is something I could never do. And it's just a testament to, to all of your hard work, how great it is. But uh, I told Barbara the other day, I, I guess a couple months ago, but when they were filming Stinky uh, Puppets. Stinky Puppets, I walked into the room because she wanted to show me. She was proud of it and she wanted to show it mm -hmm. to me. And I watched them film for like 10 minutes and I told her, I don't want to leave the room. Mm -hmm. and, and I meant it and, and I told her in that moment and I, and I still think this stands true. I felt something in that room when that show was being made that I have only felt three times in Rooster Teeth. And that is making red versus blue. What I didn't have anything to do with Ruby, but watching Ruby be made mm -hmm. and making Achievement Hunter. I think that you guys have captured whatever that thing is that made those shows special, that heart or that uh, just that, that right tone, whatever the secret sauce is, uh, that's so fucking hard to repeat. You know, we've mm -hmm. been lucky that we've been able to repeat it a few times in our history. But I really do think that when you 
as long as things continue the way they, they should and you guys keep killing it with it, I really do think that when you look back 10 or 20 years from now when you look at Rooster Teeth, you're going to think of Red versus Blue, you're going to think of Ruby, and you're going to think of Stinky Dragon up there I, with those I two. Hope so. And I hope so. Yeah. I, I think it deserves to be up there. I think it's that good. And I hope the audience continues to support it and it finds the audience it deserves yeah. to find because it is one of the best things we've ever made it's and it's so the good. best version of that thing in the world. The, the There's a lot of passion that goes into it, right? Like everyone involved. Like I think, you know, obviously if you listen to the podcast and you watch the videos, you know, you see the on-camera people, but the behind-camera people are also super passionate yes. about it. And I, I try to make sure that, you know, we include them in the credit as well because we couldn't make it without uh, any of them. But um, everyone's really passionate about it, right? And everyone has idea and vision of what it should be. And everyone's mostly unified, right? But every mm -hmm. now and then you get, like, these differing opinions. So I think it's a matter of... You need that friction, though. Right. Recognizing, hey, maybe, we're, maybe that other way is mm -hmm. the better way. You know, not being so set to, that you're resisting those things, but being flexible and really giving everyone a voice and hopefully yep. everyone elevates everyone else that's and builds Chris, on top and of that's it. That's why Chris is there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, go to stinkydragonpod.com. Um, uh, please, we're making a real concerted effort to uh, support the show and grow it this month. Can I just say also as an aside... Uh, I don't have anything to do with that show. This isn't me shilling for it. Like I, I, I play like a. I think I play a centaur that's oh, like yeah, two lines yeah. in the entirety of the show. Uh -huh. um, I really, I couldn't have less to do with it. I'm just watching it as a fan from afar, like oh, everybody else. And uh, I really do, I really do think it's special, and I really do believe in it. And I only say that about stuff that I believe in. Like there are a lot of productions in the company you've not heard me talk about. <laughs> you know, I've I'm never heard him, about this. One. I've never heard him talk about Face Jam. Oh, yeah. burn. We're also doing Face January, but that's just us putting out a free video every Friday. Is that this month or is that February? See, that's the problem we have well, with January. It's like it could be January or February. Well, <laughs> now we're having, disaster. now at Fuckface, we're having, fuck you, it's January. <laughs> uh, we, before we get into uh, Stinky Dragon stuff that you have coming up, we got to talk about uh, Mum's oh, uh, barbecue we're, and we're delicacy. way behind schedule. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we're yeah, recording yeah, something else in this room. In a few yeah, I got to get home to that dog. I know, know, right? Uh, what did you guys think of uh, Mum's? We went to Talisman, okay. the coffee that was in there. It's and in then the same we building. Saw, yes. And then we saw, oh, they have a deli and, and barbecue thing. So we got to come back. So we, uh, after the break, we're here. We did it. Um, uh, I got Thursday afternoon action. A combo. It was. Yeah. um. Half sandwich and matzo ball soup, and you can pick from a few different sandwiches. I picked the OG pastrami. Yeah, and um, you know they brought they brought it out on a tray, and my first thought was, oh, that's a cute little sandwich. I'm gonna be starving after this. <laughs> it was, I'm, no, I'm totally full. Like, yeah. I'm super full. I was yeah. like, I ate that sandwich and uh, had that soup. I was like, oh no, that was really filling. That was the perfect amount. It's deceptive because yeah. I thought the same thing when I got my sandwich. I went, this is not gonna fill me up, and I ate it, and I went, I'm comfortable. This feels good. Yeah, can I, I why, eat like why did I think I needed more? Uh, yeah, it's just like the greedy little yeah, monster absolutely. inside of me. It's like, oh, more. oh, I know, of course, I had a big red uh, to wash it down. Oh, yeah. I'm a big pastrami guy. I was enticed by their pastrami sandwich. Uh, ultimately, I didn't get it because I was going to have to make too many substitutions. Yeah. And I'm always wary of that. And I decided to be safe and just go with brisket because they kind of like how I go with the same coffee every time. Yeah. I kind of start all barbecue restaurants with the same thing. Uh, yeah. So the pastrami the was, was interesting. It's like, it wasn't what I typically think of as a deli pastrami, it was almost like a brisket pastrami. It, it looked thin. Yeah. yeah. So like normally you think of like thin slice, like yeah. almost like a deli meat pastrami. This was like thick, like you took a brisket yeah. and made pastrami mm -hmm. from it, uh, which was, it was really good. Uh, I was going to say, what did you guys think of what you had? Um, so physical afternoon? I want to put lunch. an asterisk on it. Yeah. Um, I'm a real stickler about uh -huh. cleanliness. 
Oh, right. Yes. And uh, I took a picture of the forks. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, we, you know, we sat down. They brought us our food. We're like, we don't have silverware. It's like, oh, they're over there. I, I hate when a restaurant puts out like, yes. that tub with like a cup and a bunch of forks and spoons and knives in it because I'm like, they're all filthy. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Get over it, Gus. Get over it, you big baby. Go get the forks. I go pull out three forks, one for each of us, and they're all filthy. Like, dirty. I'm like, yeah. okay, uh, let me pull. This, this must be three bad ones. I pull out another three. These are worse than those three. <laughs> I went through every fork in there and they were all filthy. Despite the fact the silver was filthy. I still used it to eat the food because the food was that yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't begrudge him for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it, it was a phenomenal. It was, it was so good. Do you really like it? That I much? really like wow. it. Yeah. What'd you think? I was okay. I thought, it, I thought it, I had the turkey sandwich. I thought it was just, I thought it was fine. I would put it in the category of better than an Ironworks or a Stubbs, yeah. but not as good as like an uh, La Barbecue. Well. Mm. Uh, where it is in relation to us, I could see myself going there for lunch, for sure, yeah. a bunch. And it's and it's Correct. create like they have unique stuff, right? The matzo uh-huh. ball soup, they have pastrami. It's not just Texas barbecue. They have uh, some yeah. interesting fare, yeah, yeah, uh, for you to sample. And so. you can also get a cup of coffee. Yeah, and yeah. you can get a damn good cup <laughs> it, of coffee. It, it wasn't like the best pastrami sandwich I've had in the world. I mean, if I was giving it like a score one to ten, it's like. Eight, eight and a half. Mm-hmm. It was really good, and the matzo ball soup was 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 really good too. I, I really not like, that I'm an expert on matzo ball soup. Right, <laughs> I really like turkey from barbecue places. Mm. So this was like an easy thing where I would recommend it because it was a good turkey sandwich. Um, I don't love their barbecue sauce. It was very mustardy, mustard, very yeah. mustard based, which I don't have a problem with. But I wanted something that was more vinegary to go with the turkey. Um, so it was fine. I mean, I, ultimately, it was just sort of like, yeah. oh, I liked it. I didn't love it. We got so. Chris and John walking in. We're about to do a yeah. Stinky Dragon thing right after this. We got Stinky this. Dragon stuff coming up. Um, so, yeah, I would say check it out if you're in the area, which I don't know why you would be in the area. If you're gentrifying. If which We talked about that last time. they definitely are. <laughs> uh, just not on the other side where you looked at the building with broken windows that was falling apart you just went what is this it looks good <laughs> if you're if you're thinking to go if you're going to go get barbecue one day and you're like i'll just go to rudy's I, I, instead of going to rudy's just go there one day. it's a great i think that's yeah. a great little substitution yeah. instead of rudy's go there and, and try it because you know what i want to go back for the pastrami you like yeah. it as much that's as the move. that's the move yeah i think yeah oh, pastrami's the move we're we're wrapping up here we're almost done um so uh, we'll we'll rate it pretty positively for a podcast that doesn't rate barbecue. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not our it's not our wheelhouse. No, we're um, not expertise experts. No, uh, let's get through some anarchy questions. I just have a couple. Uh, this one's from uh, Angela on Instagram. You can send us questions at Anima Podcast on Instagram or on Twitter, uh, or you can go to r slash Anima Podcast, which is a subreddit we don't run. Uh, this is from Angela. Her name is Torta, on, but I wasn't going to call her that. You know, whatever. Uh, can you guys open your own coffee shop? Can we? Yeah. Fiz- I, I assume I we, we probably could figure it out. Yeah, why not? You have any interest in doing nah. that? Right? It seems like you have to you have to be up uh, you, you, so early. No, you know what would be fun? Mm-hmm. Well, not fun. You know what I could do? Mm-hmm. Uh, a trailer, like outside of mm-hmm. uh, Corral Snake. I just don't I like just, that, like that. Just like a little trailer Ralph where it's just me. Ralph. I love that. And uh, it's just me. And I was just like, I'm just sitting there. Like, I mean, that's the perfect work environment for right. you. It's like I'm reading a book or playing a game. And then someone comes up and wants a coffee. I make a coffee, give uh-huh. it to them. Like, I'm reading a book or playing a game and then make you a cup of coffee is your business. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. It. I, uh, and it's, a, it's just like a like a trailer, right? Like, it's not like yeah. high, you're not paying for rent for an entire building. You don't need a big staff. It's like, it's just me and a coffee machine yeah, in don't, a little trailer. Don't you think in Austin, Texas, to stand out in 2024, you have to have some sort of a remarkable coffee? I don't care and about I just, standing out. 
Well, I mean, just to survive. <laughs> There's so much competition. No, he just wants to. No. He wants to pop a thing in the Keurig. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you, you I just, want to carry go make I it for have, you? <laughs> I don't have any passion for... I have passion to drink coffee, not to make it. Me too. Well, I just don't I feel like I would do... Coffee. I don't feel like I'd do coffee justice uh, as a business. I, I give plenty of options. Folgers, Maxwell House. <laughs> you name it, I've got it all. Well, we got, I, I'll tell you right now, I would go to your coffee shop. <laughs> I'm going to fill it to the room with brim. That's, oh. Yeah. You don't want the afternoon jitters. <laughs> <laughs> go to store.roosteeth.com and grab that shirt. Uh, early is the new late also. Hey, one more question. Uh, this is from Bottle Water 1983 uh, on the subreddit that, again, we don't run. We're almost done. We're just wrapping up. Uh, my wife's family is from Pflugerville in the Round Rock area. Is that considered a part of Austin? If it is, what are some food options around if, there that y'all like? If you ask anyone from Pflugerville or Round Rock, they live in Austin. 100%. If you ask anyone in Austin, uh, that's not Austin. 100%. It does. It's weird that I felt like when I moved here, it was this clamoring of Pflugerville and Round Rock to be like, we're Austin, we're Austin, yeah, we're Austin. And I feel like in the last year or two, they have been annexing and separating from Austin yeah. and going like, and we're our own thing. Well, I yeah. think Round Rock is one of the fastest growing cities in America it right is. now. I think like number one or two. Uh, it's crazy. It's really, really weird because they have Round Rock Donuts and the Dell Diamond and uh, Kalahari. If you, oh, if you want the world, that- like the world's largest indoor water, the park? world's most tepid swimming pool, <laughs> Dude, Kalahari. <laughs> that Kalahari place got hit by that tornado a couple yep. months ago. Uh, that is our friend Cole. Uh, he used to work here and then moved to Japan. That was all he ever wanted to do was, was go, go to Kalahari. Kalahari. <laughs> I've never. <laughs> That's a very like, cool thing. Like, swim in that so fucking disgusting. people soup. Uh, Pflugerville or Round Rock food recommendations? No. Uh, how the fuck come would to we Austin? Know? That's, this, yeah. That, that, no. 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 Now, it, it, what he said is 100% right. If you live in Austin, you don't give a fuck about Pflugerville it's or true. Round Rock. Yep. If you live in Round Rock and Pflugerville, you live in Austin. Mm-hmm. What, what's Chris doing over there? You got an opinion about Pflugerville? The meatballs at uh, 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 Ikea. The meatballs at Ikea. That's there the most Chris possible answer I could Chris imagine. Chris everybody. That is in Round Rock. I mean, he yeah. nailed the location. My... I've driven to Ikea to get those meatballs because my wife wanted them so bad that we just drove there and got them and left. You didn't pick up a Malm or a Scorgia or anything <laughs> while you were there? I'm a Billy fan. I'm a Billy supporter. <laughs> uh, it's a drive. It's a yeah. hike to get up there. It's All up right, there. let's get out of here. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening at Anima Podcast, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can check us out, r slash Anima Podcast, the subreddit. We do not run. Uh, but uh, thank you for listening. I think we have some uh, ideas for some episodes we want to do coming up. And yeah. then also, we, I think are going to do uh, our lawyer draft. Yeah, I need to. Uh, I'm, I actually, I've been meaning to cut together a promo for that. Oh, okay. I'm going to put together a bunch of commercials. All right, wait, wait until I ha- start putting it together, but I'm going to get a date where we can okay, lock it in, cool, and then cool. we're going to do a stream where we're going to do a lawyer draft. Great, great, great. Have you seen those new billboards from that dude, Dang? Yeah. Oh, Dang. I got some lawyer updates we can cover next oh, time. Oh, this is awesome. great. Well, thanks All for right. listening. Uh, guys, anything to leave these people with? Uh, stinkydragonpod.com. Happy Stinkuary. Yeah, happy Stinkuary. Happy Face Jamuary. Bye. Thanks. Okay.